It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. All we're doing is creating private industry that widens the gap between people who have and people who have not. It comes down, PJ, to a very simple rule of be a good neighbour, talk to your neighbours. And I'd say, because of bureaucracy, I cannot get work permits. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Did you ever realize with five or six days to Christmas that even if you had started getting ready back in September you'd be trying to get everything pulled together we we made a start this year we put up the first set of decorations and trees trees and lights and stuff we started that at the end of November and my back is broken and my joints are aching from yesterday I'm sure the Queen Bee is the same we absolutely killed ourselves yesterday getting the rest of the place ready and then the flipping weather I mean look out at that would you look out at Ross Brown who loves the rain he does whatever's wrong with the boy he loves the rain he's going around this morning now looking up into the sky practically welcoming it down across his head me nah awful but anyway good morning to you Monday the 19th of December five more shows till we wrap up for the Christmas on Friday and we take it handy for the week we lighten it up we have loads of those 50 euro vouchers from Super Value to give you to help with the Christmas shopping we'll uh, throw them out randomly uh, over the course of the week of course if there's anything you want us to raise anything you think we should be talking about anything you think we might have missed do let us know in the usual ways 0818 96 96 96 or the text to WhatsApp 083 396 96 96 and opinion at 96fm.ie is the email now there was an incident last evening up in they're near Apple in Holly Hill up at the it was a halting site it was a fire on the halting site details are very sketchy we've not been able to get anything from Gar the Press about it but Victor Shine of Cork City Fire Service may be able to bring us up to speed on what happened Victor good morning good morning PJ how are you keeping good sir can you fill us in 
Uh, absolutely. Um, approximately uh, 6.30 yesterday evening, we received a call to a fire at uh, St. Anthony's Park. And on arrival, we located or found two uh, caravans and a van on fire at the location. Again, challenging situations um, with gas cylinders and so on. So our crews went in, extinguished the fire and... Um, you know, made the area safe and a follow-up was carried on later on that evening then just to make sure everything was, was in order. So, yeah, it was a challenging, uh, a challenging job for the crews. Nobody was injured, I take it, in either fire? No, no injuries at all. No, 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 no. Okay. Hopefully so, it's... No, it was a very busy evening overall, actually. You yeah. know, so between medical calls, uh, false alarms, uh, automatic fire alarms, gas leaks, you name it, Crikey. an exceptionally busy uh, weekend for the fire crews in Anglesey yeah. Street and Balavalan. Victor, while I have you for a minute, ne- next weekend, of course, f- for many of us, it's a holiday. And we finish up here at lunchtime on Friday and not back till early January. But next weekend is a, a working weekend for the fire service. Who's working next weekend, do you know? Absolutely, yeah. We have our, a number of crews working actually next weekend um, on the... Uh, on the Sunday, Red Watch is the crew that will be on for the uh, 24th. So that will be from uh, 9 o'clock Sunday morning to, or 9 o'clock Sunday morning to 9 o'clock Monday morning, right. and so on. So again, they'll be kept quite busy over yes. that period of time. It is a busy the, weekend, isn't it? It's always busy. There's always something happens. Absolutely, yeah. There's always something, and you know, again, what we try to do is, you know, make it as um, as comfortable for people as possible when they're in 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 um, in a situation where their day has been upset or or ruined. We'll make it every way possible mm. by, you know, making a swift, a swift and uh, mm. efficient uh, access to properties, dealing with the situations and, you know, helping people along the way. I remember talking to a, a, a now retired colleague of yours years ago, Victor, and, and I, I, he was rostered to work Christmas Day and I asked him, Zeddy, I asked him, I, I said, um, what do you hope for Christmas Day? He said, to sit there and not hear the phone ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we all wish for. <laughs> Victor, you know, listen, if, um, we, if we don't talk before it, have a wonderful Christmas, you and your family. And happy Christmas to you and all your listeners as well. And thanks, to, thanks. for everything Bye-bye. everything throughout the course of the year. Victor Shine, uh, firefighter, always available to us on the opinion line. Yeah, the next Christmas, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day is, is a holiday for, for you and me and for many more like us, and it's great to have. But for Victor and the fire service and the ambulance service and the guards and the army and the... You name it. There's a big long list of people who will work as normal on a Christmas day. There was one group I heard at the weekend completely forgot about it. Was the Coast Guard Service? They work Christmas day. They, they uh, lifeboats. We were here. They're on call Christmas day. And it's we're all looking forward to. It. Right. Thank you, Victor. Speaking of Christmas, I went out on Friday. Um, at Finton on from the Cork Christmas Tree Farm a couple of weeks ago, talking about fresh Christmas trees. And I mean fresh. You'll find out in a second just just how fresh. right? So the Christmas tree farm is out in ovens. I'll give you the air code in a minute uh, so you can find it. They're open right up to, to the end of the week. But if you want a Christmas tree, cut. I mean cut fresh. You'll hear it now in a second. Uh, and put it into the back of the car. It's, it's, I've been out there Friday and of course the minute that they heard I was going out Sure, the two 
children, AA, 25 year olds, both wanted to come. So we went out to, uh, it's, you, it, you drive out, it's, it's quite hard to find. It's, it's quite hard to find unless you know what you're looking for. There are some signs that you'll pick up, but you'd be better off with the air code and put it into whatever satellite navigation thing you have, and I will give you that air code when we're done. But the, uh, took, a, took a drive out, and here's how it went. It's off the road a bit, you need to find it. And Finton, I'm looking in front of me here at hundreds of trees, and they are all fresh cut from here uh, all all live growing uh, thousands to choose from uh, so you pick your tree and we cut it there and then we don't you know have any trees lying around everything is growing and it's cut there and then and what's the lifespan when you take it away from here how long will you get out of it in a pot or on a stand up to six weeks with heating you're mm. shorter you know a few weeks so then you need to think about when the tree was cut, when you're buying it, and uh, most importantly as well, a water holding stand as well. Because some of them do sit for weeks before they're sold. Yeah, what you'll see with a lot of garden centres and a lot of blood anywhere really where, where you'll buy trees, wherever they buy them from, they'll be cut early, early November, and then they'll be netted the week after, and then they'll be palletised yeah. and delivered. They, yeah. they, whereas here uh, it's a different completely different story and also our location in Centre Park Road we bring trees regularly every single day we'll bring hundreds in every day so we'll have fresh cut trees we don't we actually keep our cutting as late as possible yeah. um, and when a customer wants to come in and they want a fresh cut tree from our city location in Centre Park Road I'll point out the fresh cut ones whether they were today or yesterday or. Well, what I'm looking for now standard front room maybe maybe seven foot tall I like a nice Plump tree, if you know I'm getting okay. that, you know. Yeah, uh, nice kind of triangular looking, looking exactly. shape. Yeah, traditional yeah. shape, you yeah. know. It's a nice little one here now. It's standard height for a living room. Nice bit of foliage on it. So you literally are going to go now and turn on that yoke and cut it, me. Yeah. Timber. Just as you do that, are these, these little ones around us here, are they planted for next year then? Yeah, so you'll see uh, the stumps in the ground yeah. and you see the stumps in between them. Yeah. Uh, they stay there, that's right. uh, 40% of the carbon stored there and right. that builds up every year. And then we've the, the small trees planted in between, so it's constant rotation of trees. Look, there's a robin. Look at him. Gemma, look at the robin. Oh, yeah. That's my dad come to check out on the tree, <laughs> or someone anyway. Lots of wildlife here as well. Yeah, um, even on the other side, we have the River Lee here. Yeah. So you'll see, you know, leaping salmon, lo- lots of lovely. birds, uh, lots of wildlife here as well. Even the very, very odd deer every now and again, but everything, foxes, the whole lot, everything's Fantastic, here. fantastic. So there we are. So that goes up in the, up in the truck and the way back. And then there's another little robin. Yeah. He's lovely. It's so much better than going to a supermarket or going to a car park or a shopping centre. Damn cold now, but it's lovely. So we just wrap it and pull it through the, the, the wrapper. Out it comes. There you go. Lovely. Are you busy, Finton? Yeah, it's been really good. Last year has been brilliant and this year has been brilliant. Lots more people are becoming more aware of our farm yeah. and even our customers from Centre Park Road I also encourage them to come down to our farm here in Ovens as well to you know to just for the, the real farm experience the River Lee uh, the wildlife it's yeah. just it's all it's a massive carbon bank here as well all the mature trees there's some oak trees chestnut trees you know 150 years of age surrounding the place really as well nice. 
And do you know now we're talking about the various varieties, like what is that one now that you've just This one is Nordman fir, okay. and that would take about eight years to grow that. And I'm going to use it in three weeks. Exactly. You make me feel guilty now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be recycled and back back into the ground again, and ah, then yeah. there'll be a few other buddies to replace it. <laughs> very good. All right. Fintan, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And the one thing, when you go to dress or decorate uh, a fresh Christmas tree, it's very, very bendy. And because it's that came out of the ground or was cut from the ground on Friday afternoon and we decorated yesterday. And Mrs. said to me as she was putting on the decorations, God, they're very pliable, very flexible branches. The thing doesn't, the tree doesn't even realize it's been cut yet, I'd say. But we had a lovely time uh, decorating it yesterday. I'll put up some Instagram uh, later on. But they're out there. If you want to get out there, uh, if you want, then they they have a a shop down on Centre Park Road where they've literally cut them this morning and they have the, but if you want to have one cut down for you, P31VR99, put that air code into your, SatNav or whatever device you use to navigate on the car. P31VR99 and you'll be able to get your get you down to the, to the Christmas tree farm in ovens. Never done that before and I think I will be doing it again. Lights are out on the main street in Ballancolic which means they're still out since Friday. Don't forget the poor prison service. They work every day on Christmas. Uh, there's a lot of factories working over Christmas. You rarely hear them get a mention on. Here's what we want to do. Lads, I, I know I'm probably drawing trouble on you now. If you know of anywhere that is actually working on Christmas Day, like outside of the obvious, doctors, nurses, guards, firefighters, soldiers, you you know, the usual, the ones you wouldn't forget. Like the prison officers, I kind of did. Um, people... Why not you pop me an email or pop us an email, opinion at 6am.ie. We'll try and compile a list of everybody, as as many as we can come up with anyway, who's working uh, the Christmas Eve and or Christmas Day. And we'll try and list them out before the end of the week. Because for a lot of people, it is just a normal working day. They're tearing their hair outside now. What have I done? I know, I know. We tried this during the pandemic. <clears throat> where we tried to list out all the people who could be classed as essential services. And I had two A4 pages of small writing, and I still miss people. So that's why, that's why it's a risky business. 0818 96 96 96. There's another Christmas tree farm closer to you, up near Douglas Hall Soccer Club. It's at the top of Coach Hill. Ballyorban Road. Yeah, I think Maureen was out there a week or two ago for her festive Friday feature. Thanks for that. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Christmas! Christmas with your local maze. Making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96 FM. Skull Christmas Swim takes place on Christmas Day, meeting at Skull Pier at 12 noon. There'll be limited registration on the morning and all funds raised will go towards the Cope Foundation. If you'd like to fundraise through sponsorship cards, you can email skullchristmaswim at gmail.com. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With CorkSimon.ie. No one wants their child to grow up to be homeless on Christmas Day. On Cork's 96FM. If you want to tweet us, we, we don't give out the Twitter very often. Uh, it's at OpinionLine96 or hashtag OL96 will find us. I'm kind of wondering, will we be able to do that after this week? Because if you see this overnight, this Twitter poll 
that Elon Musk has put up where he says he'll abide by the result. He's asking users of Twitter if he should step down as the boss. And he says there's no one else in line to take over from him. He's running it for 12 hours. He started it last night, so it'll finish this morning. And so far there's been 4 million votes. In fact, 12, no, sorry, 12 and a half million votes um, with 56% in favour of him stepping aside. But he said, be careful what you wish for because there's no one to take over from me. So whether we'll have a Twitter or not by this time tomorrow, we probably will. In all common sense, we probably will. But he's holding a vote on his own future. 0818 96 96 96. I do not believe this. I do not believe this. It was the 19th of January that we were told by Minister Michael McGrath that there would be a pandemic payment of €1,000 to anybody working on the front line during the pandemic. Today is the 19th of December. You haven't got it yet, Jer? No. Good God almighty, man. It's an absolute disgrace. There was the 19th of January, if I remember correctly. They made the announcement. And we were promised that Patrick's weekend... That's right. It failed to come. We filled up a special declaration in November, the second week in November. We were promised it before Christmas. Some nursing homes, some healthcare places have got it, especially all the HSE have got it. Right. Now, I know you don't wish to discuss where you're working, and that's your no. right, but you should be entitled to it. You know you're entitled to it. I, I, I'm not, it shouldn't be. I know I am You entitled are entitled to it. to it, but it still hasn't come. No. The government have passed this on to a private company. The private company have said they haven't got the funds. Uh, it's all up Sorry, to the government. What? Yes, the private, but, a private company has been appointed by the government. Yeah, I get that bit. But surely and then they just, they just said, there's the account number and pass it on, isn't no, it? No, 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 no. Some, some, some places have a got. All HSE workers have a got. I put my life in danger and my family's life in danger by going into the pandemic situation. It's this, an absolute disgrace. This is, I hate to use the word because I don't shock easy. This is shocking. It's shocking. It's shocking. And they're willing to pay themselves, but they can't pay the genuine person. So, so let me get very clear what you just said. They put the administration into the hands of a private company. Now, that, yes. that's all right. That happens a lot. Exactly. But, but now the private company are saying, we don't have the money. So they, yes. I, they, so they appoint the private company to administer it and then don't transfer the funds to them? Yes. And we, we, got, we got a special declaration from back in November gave us 24 hours to fill it up, and that's the end of the road. Oh, for God's sake. Ah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's absolutely... Well, I put my life in danger, I put my family's life in danger, and we were promised this, as you said, back on the 19th of January. Today is the 19th of December. No. Fergal, he probably won't come back to us, but would you please put in a call to Michael McGrath? That's this is ridiculous. He he got a, he's minister for finance since Saturday. Yes, and he's there and he's there a long time before Saturday as well. That's right. Because well, he was he the was, minister who brought it in originally. That's it. right. That's right. That's right. Now, Jared, that's 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 not good enough, and I'm sure there are others like you out there. 
Ah, man. When is your... Are you paid again before Christmas, Ger? No, no. Oh, for goodness sake. All right. No. All right, no. fella. Listen, have the best Christmas you can, and thank and you, you for everything you and your colleagues did. Okay, thank you very much. Cheers. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. My gabber is flasted, lad. My flabber is... That, that's, that is... Seriously, lads, would you ring Michael McGrath? Because that's ridiculous. Um, people who work Christmas Day. Bridget. I'm forgetting somebody. Morning. Bridget. Good morning. Hey. Who am I forgetting that works on Christmas Day? The home help. Oh, really? Yeah. Do they work on Christmas Day? Well, not supposed to, but they do call in and they check in and they check in on families and they're absolutely outstanding. Oh, they're amazing. Amazing. Oh, they're... They're not. They're absolutely outstanding. They they don't just care for the person. They care for the family. And, and they come and they, they say, go on away and do what you need to do. I'm here. I had, like, I brought my father home today. Uh, and it was, no, 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 this is a happy story. Okay. Because we were told he came home today, but Con walked in and he said, we're going to make him come home and live the best life. And he did. And he did, he, my dad used to look forward to him coming and he'd say, come on now, Ginny, we'll wash your arse, you know. <laughs> and it, it, it was just fun. He made it fun. Yeah. And nobody knows these people come in and they've become a part of your family. Yeah. But they used to come on Christmas Day, I didn't know that. Yeah, they do. They don't, they don't get paid. They just right. call in because they can't settle. They genuinely care right. for what they do. That's lovely to hear. And they are, they're outstanding. There are so many of them out there. They're, they are the forgotten heroes, PJ. Well, well, I'm trying to compile a list of everybody who'll put in a, an hour's graft on Christmas Day and try and have it done during the week. But that's one I didn't know, and they're added to it straight away. Home helpers, they don't, they, they're not rostered, but they do often call just out of loyalty and just out of care. And even if they don't call, they will pick up the phone. Yeah. And I know, like, the, because sometimes the travel isn't able for them, and they will pick up the call, the phone, and they will reach out, and it's very important because it's very lonely. I'm sure that that that's that's I've never known, I've never heard that before. That's that's two things I've never heard before that home helps will often call Christmas Day, even if they're not rostered, and then before to find that some of the frontline workers still haven't been paid their bonus. Bridget, thank you very much. And I know when did when did Con pass away? No, my dad, Denis. Did he? Oh, big pardon, yeah, the 6th of December, three years ago. Ah, makes December tough, does it? Well, do you know what? It does, but it, it's great for memories. Yeah. Did he like Christmas? He loved it. Yeah. He was worse than a child. <laughs> he had us all up Christmas morning. Yeah. So. yeah. Look, come here to the day ahead of us all. It is. It is. It is. Bridget, thank you very much. My best to you and the family uh, for the for the Christmas that's that home helps there's another one to add to the list there's a yeah worker farmers the farmers never get a day off PJ they'll be working Christmas they will they will uh, Jane on email my husband works in ESB Ahada working through Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to keep all your Christmas lights on have a good break Irish Wheelchair Association provides cover over the Christmas thanks for that and they're, they're coming in now in their droves uh, feed the white bird, birds please no effort involved and great satisfaction and even entertainment, says Jimmy. Yeah, it's from food for the birds. 
Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. Join me in the afternoon for your favourite tunes. Hi, this is Taylor Swift. Hey, I'm Dermot Kennedy. Hi, I'm Lizzo. Brilliant giveaways. Thank you so much. It's a nice start to the weekend. Thank you so much. Unreal. Simon, you're the man. That's brilliant. Thanks a million. And sometimes you call me just to have a bit of a rant and a bit of a scream. That's it, man. Get it all out. Get it off your chest. There's two lads out the past going on the hill here on High Street. I think they're going to get them off the place. <laughs> Let me show you what it's all about. Check it out. Simon Murdoch. Midday to 4 p.m. With the Gold Mile. Proudly supported by AIB. Register at goldmile.org to make a difference. On Cork's 96 FM. Friendly call people work on Christmas Day. And we'll be talking to Brenda from Friendly Call later. That's a great service uh, all year round. If you hate your job, you should pack it in. Eddie, that's what you did. I'm, I was reading about you in Corkbio and I saw that mobile phone and I smiled a smile the width of Patrick Street. I used to use one just like that. Morning. That big old Motorola thing. Thanks, PJ. Yeah, that's, that's um, there's so many people can relate to that. Is you know, it working? That I get them, I, I have a few of them when, when you say working, um, I can get charged into them, get it right up and stuff actually working. I suppose they never really worked, did they? Um, you know, like where, where is oh you my God, they, they were brilliant. <laughs> uh, but down here where I'm in school, you'd have to well, climb up beside the Mount Gabriel. Well, that, 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 that's true. <laughs> that's true. No, I used, to, I used to have one in the, in the news car. Yeah. In the back of the news car and in a gear bag. <laughs> yeah, I love those things. And again, people with old cars and old classic cars and stuff, that's the ideal. I mean, you know, that's the ideal thing to have. And um, I, I kind of, I buy those anywhere I get them. They don't come on the market all the time because mm. most people that have them tend to want to hold on to them. But that's that's the kind of kind of old quirky, um, unusual collectibles and offbeat antiques, I suppose that's it's, what I try to um, I, I love what you do, I love what you're doing, the vintage room on Main Street in, in Skull. Like, and I'm stuck, I'm stuck on the phone. Will they ever actually work again? I mean, they're, yeah. they're different technology, I guess. Yeah, I think they were all analogue back in the day. Were, if you remember, yeah. it was 08-08 and then everything right. was digital, so I imagine. No, you know, it's probably a room down the line where you see... They probably some, somebody reproduced them to look the same uh, in digital format. They come back into fashion, guaranteed. Everything comes They're around fabulous. again, you know. They're brilliant. Yeah. Now, tell me about the setting up of the shop because two two days after you opened, you were closed yeah. down again. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know if you have a few minutes, I give it a background to the Fire whole thing. Yeah, um, because um, just to, to, to try and articulate how, how I got where I am. Um, the I suppose I found myself working in a job, you know that um, I absolutely grew to hate and it, it destroyed me. It made me, you know, it destroyed my mental health and it made me angry and bitter and it kind of just changed me in so many different ways. Now, the job was I was working as a, as a car tester in the NCT and mm. just to say, you know, like that all the people I worked with, or the majority of them anyway, were the soundest, nicest people in the world and anybody... It's, so it's nothing against the people I was working you just with. Hated a lot of friends work. and colleagues. I just hated my work. Like all the people, the lads, the men, men, the women, they're doing that job. They're all just trying to pay bills and get on with their lives. Yeah. You know. Were you but, the um, fellow that had to walk out to the waiting yeah. room and say, "Look, you're going down on yeah. tires or whatever"? Oh yeah, 
13 and a half years, and you know, there's no doubt about it, 13 and a half years of giving bad news out to people every day, it gets inside your head, and it, it got inside my head. Now, some people are maybe more cut out for it than others, but it genuinely, in the end, it just got inside my head, and I found myself, I suppose, um, I found myself really in the, around the mid-40s. Um, you know, I had all the, t- the typical things. Thankfully, a wife, a lovely family, um, mortgage, uh, car loans, and we wanted to do all the nice things, go on holidays and everything else. So, to be fair, the job did provide a nice lifestyle, but mentally it completely and utterly destroyed me. I got into a state where, like, if I went out, I wouldn't dare tell anybody I was working in CT. And if you get embarrassed about your job, you know, there's something really, yeah. really wrong. If we went to a Christmas party, there's no way we'd put in CT in the middle of the, the table because you'd just get booed out of it. And it's it's one of those jobs, like, you know, like you, you, you never walked in anywhere and, and you would never walk in anywhere see a big sign saying, you know, traffic wardens party because people don't. It's in the same category. No. <laughs> But it's his, our, our speed, I'm laughing because you're right. I'm yeah, laughing because you're right. party. Like, people don't put those signs up. And there's a reason for that, because they're all in the same category. You know, all the people that are doing those jobs, they're just trying to feed families, they're trying to work, yeah. and they're trying to get on with it. But it got to a stage, absolutely, PJ, where it completely destroyed me. The last five years that I was there, what my family went through, my wife and my children, you know, like, if I went on holidays, we might go away for 10 days. And then... Um, uh, we'd be saving up all years to go away on holidays and for the first four days I'd be miserable. I'd be happy for day five, six and seven and the next thing then uh, I'd be thinking about coming home again and going back in working there and I'd become miserable again. I spoiled every family occasion mm. um, and it wasn't, I didn't become violent or anything but I just became horrible, um, angry, um, sad and just not a nice person to be around. So anyway, that was that. And I decided I had to And again, to it was nothing to do. It was nothing to do with your colleagues. It was just oh, you were no. in a job you no. hated. Yeah, it was only for my colleagues I couldn't have stuck it at all. I mean, we, and, and you'll see the lads there that are all working their lads, they crack amongst each other because you have to. If you don't have that, there's no way you'll survive that job. You have to have your friends and your colleagues. We used to laugh amongst ourselves. And yeah. Jesus, if we didn't have that, we were finished. <laughs> and that was that was the only thing that kept me there were my colleagues and my friends, to be fair to it. Sure. And, you know, sure, and, sure. And, that's it. and I still have so many great friends there. But, um, and... But anyway, I decided, it was going on side and I said, I have to get out. And I remember being a younger, as a younger man, I remember talking to people and knowing people who were stuck in jobs because they had wives or they had families and mortgages and all this. And I remember thinking to myself how sad that was and that would never be me. And then all of a sudden, here I was. And you know, right or wrong, even though my wife never asked me to say it or anything, but I mean, we had, I had to provide and that's the way we are. That's the way I am and that's the way it always was. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I was reared. And then you'd be down the tongue and people would be talking about, the, oh, God, you're so lucky you have a grand pensionable job. God, when I used to hear that, a grand pensionable job. And I and I <laughs> getting out of bed in the morning. And, you know, you begin to wonder, is there something wrong with me? Because, of course, I was being brought up through the 1980s and stuff, through all these recessions. So job yeah. security was so important Absolutely. and so on. But anyway, I decided I have to get out because I, I wouldn't have sustained it. And um, I couldn't have stuck it. So a, a, a shop came up for sale here in Skull, a little clothes shop, first of all. And we went down and reviewed it. And Barnets of Skull. And it's the shop that's there since 1948. And um, the family business, and they were retiring. And we went down and we viewed it. And the very minute I walked in the door, I said, this is it. This is it. This is my ticket out. So, like... I wasn't born with any silver spoon and there was no crock of gold. So the point Barnett's was 
a mountain for us. But I didn't care how big the mountain was because this was my way out and it was, as far as I was concerned, it was my only way out. So we went and we begged and borrowed, thought about stealing, but didn't. And um, we managed to buy Marnus with the help of AIB and fairness to them who are very good, Melvin Beavish and Irene Colbert and Dorian O'Driscoll company and through James Lines O'Keefe, West Cork Property, Colin Cleary is the man and we managed to buy Barnett. So we got in there and, you know, by the time we got Barnett's See, my wife was tailor-made for Barnett. She's, in fairness to her, she's absolutely fantastic. And my, my daughters, and it was all about, my, my girls were in there and they were loving, of course, the fashion and stuff. But by the time we got Barnett, you know, it was too late in a way to save me because my mental health had collapsed at that stage and I did have a breakdown. Right. And I, you know, and I ended up, thankfully, went to see a very good GP and I went up to see a psychiatrist and I was referred for counselling. And... He's a typical man all along. I'm a typical man. If I get the, the cold, that's the man flu. I'm around the house telling everybody uh, that I meet how sick I am and how bad I am. But a typical man, when we have problems and uh, going on, uh, pressure and anxiety and stress and mental health issues, we tell or talk to nobody. Yeah. And then the whole thing, the deck of cards, will ultimately come crashing down. And like... I suppose, you know, there was an awful lot of guilt too because what I put my family through for the, the five years previous my girls especially, they were young. And, you know, I, I just became a really, really horrible person to, to live with. Maybe, you know, so, where you read, do you, do you, do you, I'm, I'm yeah. you know, you sound, sound like such a, a a nice fella. Are you being a bit hard on yourself there? You, you know, I'm not, no. You know, it's so true for you. A friend of mine rang me up and he said to me after I left the MCT, he said, I don't know how you ever stuck that job. He said, you were such a happy-go-lucky fella. He said, and it changed you. And it did, you know. Okay. And I am a happy-go-lucky person. And that's why I suppose I I, I, I struggle to um to cope. Okay. But I, anyway, did you know, I'm sorry, I, I can't see you, you're quite saying, but anyway. Oh, yeah, I, you're, I, you're I, all right I, for you. Yeah, the floor is yours by yeah. another five or six minutes at least. Thank you. Yeah, I'm on five or six hours. But um, <laughs> I got I got through, we got through, I got through that with counselling and everything and picked myself up in fairness. And then that gave me the tools and the skills to actually, see, I'd stayed in, in the job for a while because I was afraid of fairness when pear-shaped, we were in huge trouble because we were, we were fine with the teacher of parents. And um, the, the, so I wanted to stay in the job again, coming back to this, you know, security and all the rest of it. But uh, after my mental health collapsed and I did have the breakdown, that was it. I left. And, of course, I went down and then working below in Barnet selling clothes with, with Miriam and girls and stuff. And, like, before we bought Barnet, I had a very simple um, uh, fashion. It wasn't a baby. I didn't wear it. <laughs> and here I was below in the middle of this clothes shop. Bought, I suppose 80% beautiful women's clothes and stuff and men's clothes. And I had all these women coming in and they, if I was serving them, they'd be asking me for fashion advice. And to this day, I think that's so funny. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's like asking a goat about the World Cup final. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> and um, I thought, I still think Miriam still, we still laugh it. But um, after a short space of time, you know, we decided that as much as I love it and enjoy the job, that I wasn't really a close salesperson. Right. So I've been collecting kind of what I like to consider the stuff that I like myself, kind of on quirky collectibles and offbeat antiques my entire life. Going back to about 1993, I used to go back and forth to the UK a lot. And um, so Miriam said to me, why don't you take a look in Barnet and start, um, start up a little business? So we started the vintage room. That was about over, that's nearly six years ago now. And the, um, the next thing, I was looking for a, a space on the main street 
little shop unit came up say for sale on the December before COVID. I can't mix up my years now, the December before COVID. And again, James Lines O'Keefe, West Cork property. Um, Colin Cleary was the man and we, it was a small shop unit and I bought it. We went far as all the paperwork went through. God save us, you couldn't write it. Yeah. The next thing I got the keys and two days later they're <laughs> stood in front of the nation and shut the country down. And like, it wasn't just me, it was every business. And I know yeah. so many people are going through, through so much stuff and people are dying and, you know, on the, on the overall scale of things, it's, um, it's, it wasn't a huge problem. But at that particular point in time, you know, everybody's problem is their own. And I just bought a shop. We need to get it open straight away. And all of a sudden it was shut down. But we adapted. Um, I went on Instagram. A fair bit of a dinosaur. I went on Instagram in a very amateur kind of a way. Mm. My daughter's helped me. And, um, you know, in fairness, I'd say one thing. Because we had two little businesses at that stage. And there's a lot of, you know, I know there's a lot of argument on both sides. But I don't care what your politics are. As regards small businesses, what the government did, the grants, the support and the plans that they put in place kept small businesses in rural Ireland, independent small businesses. You had only just opened the door and did did they look after you? Oh, yeah, well, you see, I had traded previously um, through in, out of a room. Um, so I had books and accounts. I had been up and running. So mm-hmm. I was I was a business. So, yes, I did get looked after. In fairness, okay. I did. And, and also Barnett. And, you know, they kept they kept us going. And between that and Instagram and, and people, and in fairness, local people and people at holiday homes and people who had any connection to Skull ringing up and buying stuff because they all realised and everybody helped. And we kept the show on the road and we got through it. But then... You know, fast forward. Then Mr. Brexit came along then and knocked us sideways. <laughs> and Jesus, I could be talking about that for, for, for another hour. But that knocked me sideways. And so on, so on. But we're still there. Mm. And I'm having so much fun. I'm it's, looking it's, at the front of your shop and I'm looking at the pictures from inside. Like... Yeah. A military missile laser light target. Yeah. I'm yeah. Look- you know what? If it wasn't the fact that we've only a few days to well, there's two facts. We've only a few days to Christmas means I won't make it down, but I will get down there in the springtime. But you may well have me accompanied by my wife, trying to keep me on a very short lead, because <laughs> I'll buy half the shop off. Well, I appreciate that, and you know, I really appreciate coming on. Um, like to Gavin from Corkbeal came into me there last Sunday, and I was working on the phone, and that's how the whole thing started. Oh man, and, I, I'm looking at the pictures. Yeah. You have you have all sorts of just treasure. Yeah, kind of, I thank you and I like to think they are anyway. They're different, you know. You see, I'm not a high-end antique dealer and to be honest with you, I, I have limited knowledge of that. I do have another side of me where I really like mid-century industrial furniture, industrial lights, industrial clocks and high-end kind of nautical stuff which I would have in the shop t- during the summer. I don't have any at the moment because yeah. I sort it all during the summer and got nothing. The way, you know, this winter has been quite, there's something, there's something in the air. Obviously, people are f- afraid but uh, just a couple of things because I know I probably probably running over time just to say you know I know there's 67,000 people listening to us now and maybe 67,001 <laughs> and um, you know like that everybody everywhere no matter where you are there's a small little independent uh, business near you well, no matter what it is yeah. it's independent and it's small and I know money is tight with everybody really really tight but um, and, and everybody is afraid but you know if it's only a pair of socks it's only two euros only a cup of coffee a bunch of flowers anything you know the money that small businesses make during December that's the money that takes through January February to get them as far as Paddy's Day again no matter where they're whether they're in the city it doesn't matter small think independent think small businesses and please I know you will and people will come along and support because it has been quite Skull is very very quite at the moment you know 
the, the, the Instagram is the vintage room dot skull. I know the sixty seven thousand people. Please, um, if you're on Instagram, look up the vintage room. And you've the quirky picture on YouTube as well. And I set up the quirky picture on YouTube because I did a lot of small videos. I'm just now realising that I that I that I right after I videos on the wrong format. They're a bit narrow and small. But I have Eddie's adventures. There's thirteen episodes of that, <laughs> and I also did a road trip last June. And please go now and yourself. I don't you go in and look at them because you know they're funny and entertaining. You're, you're, you're a bit of a legend, yeah. and I I promise you, I promise you, once the spring comes, I'll be down. But Thank like you. like like I said, she'll be standing at the door, <laughs> be all right. looking very I'll stern. <laughs> <laughs> you can hand me your credit card. I'll be I'll like I'll be, like, be like a child with pocket money. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. And you know, I've I've one last thing to say. There's a lady working with us, um, a young uh, a young woman, a young mother, um, Jackie Scully, Jackie Burke, as we know. Jackie's up in hospital in Cork for the last six weeks. She had a very serious operation, and I just want to say it here, now again on on the radio. Do you know to say to her that we're thinking about her okay. and Christmas is coming, and she's in her thoughts and her prayers. We know everything is going to be okay. And just I want to give her a shout out because she works here with Miriam in the shop, and she's brilliant and we miss her and love her dearly right. um, to say that as well and the, for the rest of the day now the next couple of hours that you keep talking about the dot <laughs> ball and the quirky picker yeah. and, and we'll see where we go Eddie All it's right? been a pleasure to talk to you on this you've brightened up a, a horrible dreary Monday morning well done <laughs> thanks TJ and lovely and thank wait you for, I really can't wait for a wander around that little shop the vintage room Main Street in Skull hated his job Gave it up, driving him mad. It literally put him into counselling. Hated his job, and pivoted completely. And now he's listened to him. He's happy and full of fun and full of joy. Brilliant! I'll be down to see that in the new year. Thank you, Eddie. Eddie, <laughs> yeah, he's on the Vintage Room dot Skull and the Quirky Picker on YouTube. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. There's a breath of fresh air breathed into Monday. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. With your local mace, savings with a smile all through the Christmas season. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Oh yeah, Eddie's a hit. I think there'll be a queue outside that little shop. In Skull, once the weather improves and people can go down for a browse of what he's got, a lot of love in the room. Jackie got on the WhatsApp to talk about him. Hi, PJ. I'm loving the interview with him. It is the most amazing shop. And a very shortly it will be required, I can tell you, because I've never gone out of there without buying something. It's fab. Happy Christmas. <laughs> oh, that Jackie knows it well. Thanks, Jackie. Yeah, I know herself will have to keep me on a very tight lead the day we go down there he's just got brilliant stuff there uh, yeah okay where are we going oh yeah Yvonne Redmond this is a super idea there's a bunch of mums um, from the neighbourhood around Cove and they've got their little network going and they've come up with an idea for kids clothes at the end of January because we all know Yvonne kids grow to their clothes almost before you've got them out of the wrapper so they don't last long, but if they're if they're if they're minded, you can pass them on. Morning. 
Good morning, PJ. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I have a seven-month-old at the moment, and I have bags and bags of clothes already that he's grown out of. So, yeah, it's a it's a problem, and we're trying to avoid things, um, you know, going to landfill and giving them a second life with this clothes swap. So, I'm part of a group of mums here in Cove who have come together to form Cove Neighbourhood Network. And with the idea of running events like this one um, around community connection and sustainability. So this is going to be our very first event. Um, it's on on the 29th of January. That's a Sunday mm. from 10.30 to 1 in Cove Community Centre. So it's a free event, um, very kindly sponsored by Cove Zero Waste. Um, so we wouldn't be able to do it without them. They're sponsoring the room first. Yeah. So we are looking for donations from people. So we're looking for kids' clothes, shoes, books, toys, maternity wear, even teenage clothes. Um, I wouldn't put them in the bracket of kids. They wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't appreciate be too fond of that label. <laughs> Um, so we'll be collecting uh, the week before the event. So from the 22nd to the 28th of January, we'll be accepting donations. So if anybody wants to reach out to us to donate, they can mm. look us up on Facebook or Instagram um, under Cove Neighbourhood Network. Mm. Get in touch with us on those pages there and we'll let you know where to drop off any items. Yeah. So we're very excited about it. It's our very first event that we're kicking off. We hope it'll be the first of many of them. Um, and we're hoping to run other events as well. We were thinking if there's an interest there, we might even do a school uniform swap in the summer. I was just going to ask um, you that two questions, yeah. and, and that was one of them, because school, okay, now some some of the school <laughs> uniforms fall apart while they're being worn. Yeah. But other, other <laughs> ones, you just grow them. But in, in terms Absolutely. of stuff, this is the time of the year when, well, when family can afford it. This is the time of year when children get some new clothes for Christmas. Exactly, and, even, and there's all the new toys yeah. and the old ones get forgotten about, so, you know. So, so, so just bear you in mind over up. Christmas. Yeah. The clothes that Absolutely. are no longer used and the toys that are no longer used and yeah. maybe put the, put a bag aside then so that at the end of January, and we might talk again then, at the end of January yeah. that you can come together. And where are you going to do it? You'll have a, a place, yeah? So, it's happening in the Cove Community Centre, um, so on Sunday, the 29th of January from 10.30 until 1. Right. Very good. Yeah. Okay. And the Cove Network, Cove Neighbourhood Network Cove, Facebook, yeah? Cove, Cove Neighbourhood Network. Um, so you'll find us on Instagram or Facebook. And we're interested in, in connecting with any other local groups around as well um, to organise other events as well. Um, so the more, the merrier. It's a free event. Um, come along. Um Bring your own bags and take what you need yeah. um, and give it a new lease of life. That's Al the idea behind this. Already, my messages are flashing here. Great idea to do the uniform swap in the <laughs> summer. Great idea. Yeah. So more yeah. on, yeah, more we've on that. We've already had definitely. interest in that. So, yeah, yeah, definitely more to come on that. Oh, um, there does seem to be interest yeah. there. Mm. Right, a proper little network um, of mammies going in, in Cove, haven't you? We really do, and I can't, um, I, I, I can't not mention um, the amazing Tanya. She runs the truly scrumptious coffee van on the promenade in Cove. Yes, if it wasn't and it for is Tanya, great coffee. none of us would have met. It is, it really is, and the best carrot cake. <laughs> yes, well, do I, I, yes, and and but the the muffin, <laughs> the muffins aren't bad either. It is. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I was but down if there. it wasn't for Tanya, she wouldn't have introduced us all. Uh, there's a, a fantastic mums club every Wednesday on the promenade in Cove, which Tanya actually organised okay. and got us all together. So it's a great place for if there's any new mums out there and they're trying to find their village, come down to us on a Wednesday Smashing. on the promenade. Everybody is welcome. And, and I don't know about place. young 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 mams, but but dads. I was going over to the Spike Island <laughs> Literary Festival in. September and I was waiting yeah. for the ferry and I got a smell of good yeah. coffee and I had oh, co- yeah, and coffee, and, coffee and a muffin my there. god <laughs> 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 alright listen good, lo- good luck done. with it and keep us posted on what you're doing with definitely a lot of support for the uniform swap in the summer so that's one win for you straight away great All right. fantastic and thanks for having us on PJ appreciate a it a pleasure a pleasure Yvonne Redmond thank you 0818 96, 96, 96. So they're barely started wearing something and they're bursting out of it. And you know yourself, you've managed to get a few news, maybe shorts and jumpers and trousers for the Christmas. And the old ones are in good nick, but they're growing out of them. Take them away, put them aside, fold them up, maybe wash them, and put them into a bag because they'll take them off you at the end of at the end of January down in Cove. Thanks, Yvonne. 0818 96 96, 96. Yeah, on on real trees. Now, I've always had a real tree in the house, but this is the first time I've ever had a fresh tree. And as Finton was saying on our little piece of audio earlier on, like your average tree that you buy maybe in a garden centre or the front car park of a supermarket, that could be anything from two weeks to three weeks old already. Um, but my one is two or three days old. Uh, I hope the Queen Bee isn't listening to this. D morning. Morning, DJ. How are you? What came out of your tree last year? Beatles. Beatles. <laughs> and we don't mean John, Paul, George, and Ringo. No. No. What happened? Did you see the, did you see the picture of Poppy and Beatles on her nose? Oh, sweet lord! God. When they went out and they picked the one, and he was cutting it down, he told them that these beetles now will uh, eggs are in the tree, and they will hatch and they'll fly around the house, but they won't do you any harm. Oh, grand! They'll do so you no, they'll do you no harm. Christmas morning, one decided to drop on Poppy's nose. <laughs> oh, lovely. You see, uh, the problem is I've I've cats who chase flies. Oh, oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> so he went out. He went. That one was seven foot high. Yeah. He went out the other day last week to buy one, and they wanted a ten and a half foot. And he said, "Are you putting that outside?" And he's my son said, "No, that's it for inside." They have a huge, huge high ceiling in the back room. Right. <laughs> so they have a ten and a half foot tree this year. So there'd probably be loads of beetles. <laughs> They're lovely and fresh though, aren't they? The new trees. I They're never fabulous. never had such a fresh tree like it. They're really, really fabulous. lovely. You're all organised, are you? And he's at, I am. And he's after buying a sapling and he's putting it out the front. Oh, very good. And he's gonna go and he's gonna put his lights on it every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We used to have a when we bought the house, there was a bush in the front garden. Um, I don't yeah. know, what, I think it was a, an old rhododendron bush or something, but it came with the house kind of thing. I christened yeah, it yeah. George, George, <laughs> George Bush. And, and, every, and, and every year I used to wrap lights around it. So Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, uh, he's, well, he didn't get it yet, your man told him, come back in the spring when they'd be setting the saplings and he can buy one then. Excellent, excellent. All right, <laughs> All right. Okay. So watch out for the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> She's at work, thank God. <laughs> D, <laughs> D, thank you. Take Happy care. Christmas to you. And to you. And all that, and all to you. You're, you're all organised, I believe, they tell me. I am, I am. 
Mm. I, adop- I'm adopting, I adopted a dog yesterday. Oh, oh yeah, poor old puppy died, I heard. Poor old puppy died, uh, so I have a new one now, Daisy. Daisy. She's a Yorkshire Terrier. Yes. She's no doubt. Very cute. Well, Poppy was gorgeous. Uh, she was she was something else, that dog. <laughs> she nearly talked to you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Daisy. So hopefully Daisy will be just as good. She's as good as gold so far. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, as long as she doesn't start climbing the tree. <laughs> no, the tree is out in my son's house. <laughs> oh, good. All right, Dee. Take care and have a, have a lovely Christmas. 0818 96, 96, 96 Please don't tell me that that'll happen. I know it won't. I know I'm freaking it. Beat legs. <laughs> well, i tell you one thing about a, a, a tree that was still in the ground on Friday. They it was in the rain, it was overnight, and I it out in the driveway, in, still in its net, where I brought it in yesterday, and they, they hold on to more flipping water. But it's a joy. 0818 96 96 96. The pandemic payment, I was just amazed by this. Uh, mad that healthcare workers are still waiting for it. Doubly mad that my doctor, stroke nurse, stroke epidemiologist, stroke admin colleagues in public health departments were specifically included. What? What? These guys were working around the clock, managing outbreaks to the point of exhaustion. Niall. That's not Niall Conroy, is it? Well, I know Niall's back in Ireland now working, of course. We talked to Niall many times. He was working in public health in Queensland during the pandemic. Is that him? Don't know. But, yeah. Hang on. Doctors, nurses, epidemiologists and admin in public health were excluded from the payment. Like, what the hell was that about? That's Niall Conroy. Happy Christmas to yourself and your wife and to Beau, uh, Niall. Um, 0818 96 96 96. There's uh, countless problems in the health service at the moment, as there always are. But there seems to be a, a mass exodus of nurses. We just can't keep nurses. We're training brilliant young nurses. And they're literally going on planes. I'll talk to Michelle Kingston from the INMO next. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Merry Christmas! With your local mace. Great value deals for family and friends this Christmas. Cork's 96 FM. Still getting messages about categories of people who will be working, even if it's not a full day, even if it's only an hour or two Christmas day. Still getting a list of people. And we'll get to them. I promise, in their turn. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Michelle Kingston joins me from the Irish Nursing and Midwives Organisation. Just before I get into the situation of people leaving the job, as it were, Michelle, how busy are the EDs at the moment? Two main ones here in, in, in the city. Morning. Chaotic. Chaotic. You know, it's... Um, like, as you see on the... on. On the news, um, the amount of um, I think it's a record that the 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 amount of patients on trolleys. Yes. Um, it's it's at record now, um, record levels, and like this is only December, you yes. know. Um, so it's you know it is, and it, like and people are very, you know, there are very sick people, very sick children, you know, and um, and worn out staff. I, I, I don't have the day's trolley watch figures to hand yet. They usually come in to me before 11. 
But how bad is it this morning? I think it was, it was at 80 something. Was, that, was it 84? Across the two hospitals? Well, well, across the two hospitals, um, the Mercy and, and the CUH. Yeah. Um, but like that, it's, it's, you know, yeah, and then there's a, like, does it, that's around, like I'm, I'm saying, that's a roundabout figure. Yeah, there's, yeah. you know, and and I'm laughing at the word trolleys because they're on chairs, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's it's um, it's it's heartbreaking, really. It's heartbreaking, you know, and it's um, you know, for all it's like it's, for the patient, obviously, because the patient is 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 number one, you know, mm-hmm. and. You know, and then you know, um, my my you know my colleagues, um, worn out as I said, mm. um, tired, um, stressed, mm. but um, you know, and keep trudging on, yes. as they say. You're understaffed, you know. Understaffed, yes, yeah, yeah. Same old, same old, PJ. Mm. You know. Um, Christmas after Christmas after Christmas, Michelle, winter after mm. winter after winter, but disturbingly, in the last 12 to 18 months, it hasn't changed at all. It's week after week after week we're hearing about big, big crowds in EDs. Yeah, it is. And like, and big crowds in EDs and, and people's horrible experiences, yeah. you know, to be fair, you know, and I don't blame them. You know, I don't blame you know like thank god that you know like while while i miss my parents they're both passed on um i have said you know when when the pandemic came and whatever you know i was i was i was happy to know that they were at rest you know yes. that they were that that they'd never have to you know um endure it yeah endure it exactly I, I, exactly I, I can identify with that feeling michelle Again, because my dad, yeah. my dad died in twenty eighteen, and he had lung disease, and we would have been. Well, I think that the fear would have killed both himself and my mother. You know. Yeah. That, oh yeah. Absolutely. So exactly Absolutely. Yeah. But, but people, yeah. people are leaving mm-hmm. in their droves. They are. They are. There are. Um, people are leaving and they're like Australia is the big one. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, you know, and like um, some other of my colleagues have gone to the UK, believe it or not. Um, you know, but they, they are leaving, but like has, there's, there's, to be honest, PJ, there's, there's nothing has changed. We're gone backwards. If anything else, really? you know, in, in the, oh uh, yeah. Do you know, it's, I mean, like when you think of it, you know, in all of Munster, it, um, like one, that's one <laughs> major A and E. Yeah, you know, and, and everything's funneled like into you, it. Yeah. And everything is funneled into it. And like since, and like the pandemic is being blamed for everything. You know the, you know the waiting lists. And I'm like, and I'm one of those people waiting on a consultant for the last three years. Oh my um, you know, yeah, yeah, and getting a letter saying, do I still want to wait? So I, you know, that I've never know it went away. Letters. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And it's been blamed, you know, and you see, like, you know, initially it was plausible, you know, but, um, you know, it, whereas now it's, you know, it's just an excuse, mm. really, you know, um, 
like it's it's like there's like we went out on strike um and you know t- when was it in 2018 and getting mixed up in my my years now um and 2018 and like that you know it was for the first time really we had all with fantastic public support mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. You know, it and we really did like, and we were, you know, and then like, you know, like we had, you know, then there was a deal struck and whatnot and whatever. But but you know, there's something, you know, like there's no, there's like no, there's nothing attracting our young nurses, yeah. our young nurses to stay in Ireland, you know, yeah. to nurse in Ireland. They get their know, degree, um, and how soon after getting back. their degree are they gone? Well, usually they'd, they'd, you know, maybe work for a year, a year and a half just to get experience on the yeah. ground, you know, as well as, as well as, you know, um, the fourth year is actually on the floor, but as a qualified nurse, I suppose. Mm. And to gain confidence as well, PJ, do you know, gain, gain more confidence, you know, but, um, and like the thing is like, I mean, like, like I know a lot of people in Australia, a lot of nurses in Australia, mm. <laughs> you know, and, you know, even like one of my colleagues um, who left, um, was it last year, at the beginning of last year um, with her family, they, you know, working in the ED for years and, you know, she has a husband and, and children and off mm. they went to Australia. You know, and you know we were we were um, we were always taught growing up, you know, never to be make the mistake of thinking that faraway hills are green. But in the case mm. of nursing in Australia, if you can get into the good hospitals, faraway hills are very very green. Mm. And like, and I suppose do you know what what evidence of that is: the nurses aren't coming home. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, like it's it's like, you know, like okay, with the pandemic, we had it was you know came back and you know like actually we had nurses all right. I like off the top of my head, I don't know how many came from Australia. There's more doctors really, I suppose, than nurses. Mm. Um, as you know, their own country needed them too, <laughs> you know? know. Um, but you never hear you know like like the nurses who are like 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 the girls like a lot of the girls I trained with, you know, and who went off to Australia, they're still there. You know, it um, used to be a kind of a rite of passage. So everybody went off for a year, but now they're going and yes. they're staying. Absolutely, and like, and I'd occur, encourage any young young nurse or any young person really to, but like experience wise, you know, to go to another country, mm. you know, um, let it be, you know, Saudi or whatever, you know, or, or Australia, but like you know, like that for the experience of a year or two, you know, mm. um, but again. There's no nothing, nothing attracting them to come back here. And you know, y- your union is constantly mm. around the table. Your 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 leader, Phil mm. Hay, I mean, is one of the mm. most vocal union leaders in the country. She's brilliant. Um, yeah, she is brilliant. Like, does does any do you ever get the in- impression, Michelle, that you're banging your head off a stone wall and that no one is listening? Yes. Yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah. You know, there's no two ways about it. Like, yeah, you know, because like, you see, you have to, like, with the INMO, you know, there's, there's politics there too. Do you know what I mean? There's, you know, it's like, you know, I and I understand that, mm. you know. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, um, There's a certain set of uh, rules know, to be followed and a certain way of doing yeah. things. It yeah, can be infuriating exactly. at times, but if you're doing it, you have yeah. to do it that way. I know, yeah. And you know, and as a nurse as well, you're kind of limited. You know, you're limited insofar as like like historically nurses were told to stay quiet. Yes. Nurses had to, you know, bow before the doctor, the nurses, you know. So like like my mother, God rest her, was a nurse. And like in her day, like she trained in Liverpool, worked in London and, you know, then married my dad and mm. they came home. But like... You know, my mother, like she, like that. I mean, like one of the reasons I'm a nurse is because of my mother. You know, yes. but like my nursing and her nursing, you know, were two completely different Indeed. types of type of nursings. You know, it's um like in her day, it was you know you don't talk to the doctor and you know you talk to a doctor in such a way or the consultant and yeah. you know you you're you're you have to stay quiet. There was that horrible picking order. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the pecking order. Yeah. Yes. And that's, you know, that's kind of, you know, it's, yeah. Whereas you have, now, nowadays uh, you have people like, like Chris Luke and writing in his book and any interview he's ever done with me, mm. Chris will say the value of a good nurse should never be underestimated. We could, he often yeah. said, I could not do my job without the nurses around me. Yeah, good old Dr. Luke, huh? my favourite consultant. <laughs> you see, <it>? he's <laughs> no, and I've worked with Dr. Luke in ED like a lot of times, yeah. and um, and it's true, like you know, and like you know, it's it's like in any in any hospital, like it's the nurse, it's the nurse who knows the patient and tells the doctor. You know, there you go. So yes, there is like the value of a of, of a good nurse, and that is true. Like you mm. know, and tell you a little story it's, about it's, it, a very personal story. I had an occasion to bring my young fella to hospital in September, September twenty eighteen. He had a, he had a seizure and he fell, and mm. he banged his face off the floor. So that involved a trip out, and we were sitting there. He was okay. Everything was grand, and there was a young nurse came to check that everything was alright and she said look I'll let you go home now in a while but I just want to make sure that he's still stable and whatever and she said she asked me what happened to him and I said he had oh really 
So she walked out and she said, I'm just going to talk to someone. And she arrived back in with a with a, a, a doctor who was just on an ED shift that afternoon who happened to be yeah. part of the neuro department. Oh, my God. And and she, <laughs> that, that, doc, that nurse went out and said, I have a young man inside. And straight away, in came the, in came the doctor. And the whole situation, no, they were looking after him brilliantly anyway. Yeah. The yeah, whole yeah, situation yeah. changed. Because this nurse mm. had a word. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! You know, so absolutely. you can't, you can't can be. Yeah. I'm and you sorry, see, like, I'm, I'm, sorry, yeah. I'm sorry to hear it's getting worse, Michelle. I really am. Oh, do, do you know it's it's do you know, and it's very, it, it is it's extreme. Like gone are the days, like where do you know. Like a like a, a night that we, you know we could have a chat around the nurse station, you know, mm. it's it's just it's just changed, PJ, you know, and that's and that's a sign of the times as well. Um, now, when I say it's, it's standing, well, we wouldn't be standing around the I nurse station. You, like, I know you don't get fighting you know, yourself. No, you, you know, absolutely. And you see, part of like, I mean. I mean, I like your your colleagues, and like I was listening to Eddie there and his interview with um, when you were interviewing him there earlier on, and he was saying like you know his colleagues only for his colleagues, you know, because mm. like, you have to have you have to have that, and that's that's exactly it. Like that's I mean, like ED is completely different to when I started. Like when I started, Peds was a very small area, you know, in our in our department, very very small actually. Mm. And now it has it has quadrupled in size, but the good thing is we do have a lot of um, you know pediatric nurses, yeah. you know who are you know and it's it's whereas back then you, you'd have very little you know in the ED of mm. of um, pediatric nurses, you know. Michelle, lastly and briefly, I'd love to sit down until morning, but we have other stuff to do. Is it this simple matter of politics? Is it a simple matter of who's sitting at the cabinet table as Minister for Health? Is it as simple as that? Uh, it's not. It's not as simple as that. You know, it's very, it is complex hmm. because, you know, he's only one of them. Do you know what I mean? Sorry, that's my dog in the background. Uh-huh. That's only one. That's only that's only that's only one of them. Um you know, because you've got you've got a you know a hospital, you know, with with the managers there. You know what I mean. But then there, the managers in a hospital, you know, they have to. They I suppose they go by what's been handed down from oh, government. Playing the you know? flipping game, and I know I'll say it, it for is, you because yeah. you kind of can. Yeah. They're all playing <laughs> the flipping game, and the one thing is, and I remember Chris looking at me across the table here saying there were days when this happened all he wanted to do was go and hide in his office when you hear that the minister yeah. is coming my oh, god you wouldn't see a trolley I know what you're going to say you wouldn't see a yeah. trolley all you smell yeah. is paint and, yeah. and, and bleach and it's, it's oh, like, like and, a model yeah. that, must, that must be infuriating infuriating it is and like, like and it doesn't like it, it could be anybody you know it could be you know that the, the whole place like as you said all of a sudden like god what happened to all the trolleys you know and you know it's 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 amazing and like instead of instead of leaving them there saying like you this have to fix this yeah. yeah yeah you know and that's why you know people should come in on spec yeah not tell you when they're going to come in. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, but you see, we're saying that for years because it's all, look, 
it's all it's all politics. It's all you know. I rob your you know. I yeah, I rob your back. <laughs> you know, they're all they're all they're they're all you know. It's 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 a very complex game. It is, and, you know, and game and, 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 you know. and game is game is what it is because the people like yourself are are undervalued, and your colleagues are undervalued, and you have layers and layers. And our young nurses, and, and like yeah, yeah. As, as you said, like all our young nurses, and 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 not like you know, and other nurses are leaving, and some some are leaving nursing. You know, yeah. and that and that's very sad. I know. You know that, you know, and you know it's, and it's something that, you know, I've contemplated myself. You know, and um, after all your experience, but, yeah, it, but like that, that's, you know, you, yeah. Oh my God. That doesn't even come into it. And it's like, as Eddie said, it's mental health. Um, oh, PJ. Yeah. Michelle, you one know? last one before I let you go, and I will mm. just the. I you know it's it's not, not, not I wouldn't imagine it's connected to your union at all. But we had a call this morning from a man who's working uh, in the nursing home oh, sector. I've heard, yeah, I heard, like, yeah, yeah. That is actually disgusting. And to say that they had no money, that is even worse. You know, if that's uh, you see, like, would you be encouraged now to work in that no. in that nursing home? No. You know, or, or anywhere, like or any, it's, anywhere it's, it's, in the sector, uh, anywhere in the sector. No. Absolutely, I mean, I totally, utter, I'm utterly undervalued. It's a slap in the face, a kick in the teeth, you know. And I think it's just like it's. There's no words for it. Actually, it's disgusting, mm. you know. And you kind of like. And I feel kind of guilty that you know because I'm in the HSE that you know I got it, you know. Mm. And like just because, like, you see. Like, cause I, I, like the HSE, obviously it's government run, yeah. you know, and these private, these private nursing homes aren't. And I suppose I guarantee the way that the government is looking at this is, you know, we look after our own, i.e. the HSE, you know, and whatever private company or whoever lo- is, is looking after the nursing homes, let them, let them look after their employees. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is but but it was the government who promised the money. Well, it was the, the bonus. They, you know, they set up everybody. They they employed a private contractor to administer it, and then don't yes. seem to have given the private contractor the money to pay out, which is absolutely which, appalling. Which is it's appalling. But you know, are you surprised? No, unfortunately PJ? not. No, unfortunately, no, you know. Michelle, I wish you yeah. and yours and your colleagues. Are you working over Christmas? No. No, Good I'm, I'm, I'm off. I'm well, off. So. Enjoy the break. Enjoy the break. And my best to you and the family and all of your colleagues uh, in all of our hospitals over the next week or so. But that's, as, as, as Michelle, it's, it's a bleak situation. They are leaving in their droves to go elsewhere where they get respected. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael with an update on Cork's entertainment. Jenny Green has announced the next chapter in her dance collaboration with the RTE Concert Orchestra, bringing new sonic, visual, acoustic, electronic dance music to live at the Marquee next summer. The show takes place on Friday, June 23rd. Access all areas. The Year of the Hiker from Hunter's Moon Theatre is a drama of love, bitterness, jealousy, selfishness, pride and reconciliation. One of John B. Keane's most poignant plays, it comes to the Everyman Theatre in the new year for one night only on Tuesday, January 24th. 
Access All Areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie. Access All Areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. I guess it's not unconnected to it. I've just been talking about Michelle, the number of young people now that are looking to go and train overseas as doctors and dentists, but as other professionals too. I've been talking to, I talked to Pam O'Leary. She's a guidance counsellor and a teacher with the Educate Together. And she's been, you know, saying, Pam, there's a lot of people going to Poland now, for example, Poznan, to train as doctors. Uh, and they can do it through through the EU. Morning, Pam. Good morning. Um, so, yeah, PJ, not just, not just Poland, but actually all over Europe through the UNICAS system. So the UNICAS system is the European applica- college application system. And recently, I suppose, because the competition for health-related courses like medicine and dentistry have been so competitive and so unachievable for a lot of our students, even the ones that ch- achieve this, the magic 625 points that everybody talks about, yeah. they're still not getting places because there's not enough places here. So hence... Uh, they're looking to places like Poland. They're looking to places like Germany and the Netherlands, Belgium, um, mainly Poland because they seem to have the most um, attractive options and nice. the cheaper accommodation. So that's why. So what are the attractions of Poland, as it were? They don't use points. Like 625 is eye-watering. Like they don't use points. So how do you score a place over there? So actually you need to, uh, and for all European colleges actually, there, there there's individual entry requirements but H two H fives is for a lot of European colleges. Uh, maybe a little bit more for medicine like H fours in things like biology, chemistry and physics. Right. And there is a fairly rigorous procedure like in interviewing people and doing psychometric testing and uh, testing to see if you're appropriate for the course. And you also need to learn the Polish language while you're there because your placements will be in in the Polish hospitals. Right. So if you're not afraid of a bit of you know a little bit of extra, a little bit of extra work um, a little bit of researching and a little bit of maybe taking up uh, another language, then it could be for you. And what costs are involved then in going there to study? Well, there are fees. There, there are fees to attend. I think it's around nine or ten grand to actually do a medical degree over there. Is that per year? No, that's for the that's for everything. That's the whole lot. And also the accommodation there would be about 300 to 400 euros a month. Okay, pause there for me a second. So yeah. 10,000 for the whole degree course. Yes. And 300 a month for accommodation. Yes, yes. Wowzers. And is there accommodation? Uh, yeah, um, well, I haven't had a student go there this year, but in 2019, 2020, I was helping students to uh, go to Poland. And at that time, there was plenty of accommodation available. Um, I, I mean, there it doesn't seem to be the same type of housing crisis that we have here. Um, and yeah, they, there are options over there for them. And they're much larger cities as well. So there's plenty of options. Yeah, yeah. And the learning of a new language. You, know, you have to, Absolutely. don't you? Because you will be you'll be learning in Polish hospitals through Polish. Yes, and your your degree is also the Polish degree is is uh, taken into account for the, for the medical council in Ireland. So you can work in Ireland after you get the degree. That was my next yeah. question. Like your degree that you'll get from a university, say in Poznan, you can bring that home and apply yes. to a, a hospital in Ireland. In Ireland, absolutely, you can. 
Wow. So that that's the reason why it's so attractive. We just do not have the places here and we do not have the accommodation here, even if you get the place, even if you get the magic 625, yeah. even if you have money and good parents who can put you through and help you. It, it doesn't matter. It's prohibitive. It's not it's not accessible for many, many students. Even if you do manage to afford a place at home, manage to get a place at home, you could be someone from the Midlands, say, trying mm. to study medicine at UCC. Yeah even Absolutely. getting a place to live if you could afford yeah. it do you know yeah and the workload is very high as well PJ you know like if you're if you're studying medicine it's quite an intense course an intense few years very long hours if you're travelling on a bus or if you're living far outside the city that's that's a real test of strength yeah. and character isn't it to be able well, to, to survive that I've spoken to students no not necessarily medical students but students people doing masters even who are couch surfing I spoke yeah. to one guy's living in his car looking for a place. I mean, mm. that's that's just, yeah. that's the state of, of play as we're here now. Absolutely. And this is the reason why um, so many more of my students now are looking to Europe instead of Ireland. Um, it's increased hugely in the last two years where students are approaching me saying, look, I'm not going to find accommodation in Dublin. Cork is looking really dodgy as well. I'm looking at Belgium. I'm looking at the Netherlands. The Netherlands is extremely popular with Irish students and it's increasing all the time. Yeah, well, you could see why there's a lot of English spoken mm in that part of the world. You also, exactly. and we see them again the last few days, big piece in the Irish Times, league tables, feeder tables. You, yeah. you feel strongly about, about the publication, that kind of stuff. I do. I feel very strongly because for many years now, I've been, you know, I just think they're ridiculous and nonsense uh, type of metric to measure students against. So if you take me, for example, I'm a guidance counsellor in an Educate Together school. And if you look at the tables, you'll see that we have 50% college attendance to all intents and purposes. Parents will look at that and say, well, wow, that's not good, is it? Because you have schools that have 100% college attendance. But it's a very distorted metric if you take into account that a lot of my students, because we're an inclusive ethos, will go to FET, they'll do apprenticeships, mm. they will go to college abroad, they will do take a year out. So I think this 100% college attendance is um, is very suspicious because it's not really reflective of society, not reflective of the students that are out there. Uh, COVID was really hard on a lot of students and a lot of students have decided to take a little bit of time out before they take up college places and also because of accommodation situations. Yeah. So I'd be very questioning of those, those league tables. I think they're flawed. I don't think they're real yeah. and I don't think they take into account the dropout rate either in university which yeah. is around 27%. It, it also plays into an old narrative that well you'll get nowhere in this country unless you go to college and get a string of degrees and go to that school mm. now because they all send their people to college. That's nonsense isn't it? It is. It is nonsense because if you show me a school that's 100% college attendance where are the students that have additional education needs? Where are the students that maybe have struggles with coursework or maybe have mental health difficulties where did they go what what did they do you know it just doesn't seem representative to me of actual society and what's happening right now so um i would i i've always questioned them and i will continue to question them and we don't actually want to be included ourselves as a school on it because it's not really representative of what we believe is a measure of success, which is people doing things that they want to do, mm -hmm. that they're good at doing, and that they have life circumstances as well included in that, and not just going to university. There's lots of different ways you can succeed in life. Pam, good to speak with you. Grateful for your time. You too. Thanks very much, PJ. Cheers, cheers Pam. Have a good Christmas to you and yours.
0818 I come back to comments on, on health. And a lot of you bringing us up about the change of government at the weekend where Leo Varadkar is back in the um, Taoiseach's office and Michal Martin's tarnished and now a Minister for Foreign Affairs and all of that. And if you want to talk about that, we can. It's a few comments coming in 0818 I will get to them. I'm not ignoring them. Don't worry. But the remains of Private Sean Rooney have been returned to his family this morning. Ogig Nahiran, the Defence Forces, put up a beautiful tweet uh, when the plane left last night. Private Sean Rooney is now on the way home. Your duty is done, Akara. You have earned your rest. I thought that was beautiful. And then I got an email sent to me over the weekend. I'm grateful to Craig who sent this on. Um, he said, I didn't write it, but I came across it. It was written by a company quartermaster, an NCO, called John O'Brien. And I wanted to read it to you. If you ever wonder what a soldier's job does, or what a soldier does. So what do you all do at work? He says, that's a question we're often asked. Do I do, what does a soldier do anyway? Why do we even need an army? He says, how many times have I been asked that, or heard it asked by self-serving broadcasters who really just failed politicians or failed businessmen. Thankfully, I'm, I'm, I'm neither, so maybe that isn't aimed at me, but I'm only missing. What it means to be an Irish soldier has been shown by a 23-year-old lad from Dundalk. He stood up in typical military style, joined the stand taken by his father before him and by his uncles, and like all within the job, took a stand to say, I will be there. An Irish soldier will be there and has always been there. Irish soldiers have stood tall in the Congo, East Timor, Bosnia, Kosovo and Lebanon. We don't dance around with the tricolour on St. Patrick's Day. We wear it every day. We stand to attention as the flag is raised. We stand and watch as the flag is saluted and lowered. An Irish soldier stands when he's called without quibble or question. His resolve is tested, but he swings up his arms. Foot and mouth, call the army. Weather, call the army. Flood, call the army. Covid testing, call the army. Airport crisis, call the army. Refugees need a camp, call the army. Every night in every barracks in the country, who stands at the post? An Irish soldier. They question our need for them, but they call us for every need. We stand and we answer the call. A call to arms. Our training, our professionalism, our drill and our dress... The standard set by a brotherhood and a loyalty to one another, not to the government of the day. Even for the politicians who won't fight for the simplest of our needs. Promises of white papers and reforms. A soldier is reliable, of course, but then not to his family. Can I guarantee I'll be there for the weekend? Not always. I go overseas. Yes, it's financial gain. Yes, it'll help us at Christmas, but away for six months. Conversations are had by so many comrades as they discuss military life. That conversation has changed. Why did you join the army? Was it because you saw it as a viable career? Was it because it has prospects for promotion? Because it's a family tradition? You become a brotherhood to stand with as a defensive line in riot gear. You stand together in best dress to pay respects in a guard of honour. You stand side by side as mortar bombs fly. You stand in memorial as a comrade is laid down. So when you ask, what do I do as an Irish soldier? I stand ready. I take my place in line and wait to be called to do what's needed. 
Private Sean Rooney stood ready and took the call and did what he did because he was and forever will be an Irish soldier. God bless you, soldier. Your duty is done. Rest in peace. That was written by uh, John O'Brien. And we think also, of course, of Shane Carney. Very seriously injured lad from East Cork. Very seriously injured. Seems to be stable now, but still being treated in hospital in in Lebanon. But uh, thanks to Craig, who sent that on to me. Regular listener to the programme. Also, um, and we may talk to her about this during the week, Michelle Dunn the great writer from Cove. Uh, Michelle spent time in the army, Did spent time in Lebanon, had her 21st out there, in fact. She's written in the Examiner today about being a soldier in, in Lebanon and the realities of being a soldier out there. We may well talk to Michelle about that at some stage during the course of the week. But for today, uh, Private Rooney is home and back with his family. Uh, Private Carney is recovering in hospital. It'll be a slow recovery but he is doing a lot better over the weekend we are told and that is superb news the lines are live and we're ready to talk can we just talk call 0818 969696 text or whatsapp 083 the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. A bit of response to my conversation with Michelle from the INMO. Um, PJ, Finnegale have showed no respect for healthcare workers over the last number of years. Two and a half years ago, says Kevin, Finnegale got trounced in a general election because of the state of the HSE and housing. And now they're back running the shop. I have no words, says Kevin. Morning PJ, just look at the awful revolving door for this not voted in government. They have no interest in our young and keeping them here. No caps on refugees, yet we're on our knees. There's no duty of care to any of our citizens. Not one of them, the government, are even listening to Katrina from Penny Dinners, and that's from Shiona. I met Katrina actually on Saturday. I came in town on Saturday evening, do a bit of shopping with the Queen Bee and the Yumfla. I went for a bit of dinner and as you do like the week before Christmas but I met Katrina down at the busk there where Dylan Brickley and the other and what's his name Corey had put together this incredible range of musicians that had spent the entire day down there the High Hopes Choir were taking part Roy Buckley was there in the morning there was a fabulous guy from I think think Dylan said he was Wicklow he was performing while we were there it had just been a fantastic day of great music and great fun and huge fundraising because uh, they told me that even before anyone had so much as strummed a guitar they had gotten a donation for 1800 euro which was just brilliant I don't exactly know how much they did raise on the day maybe I can check that but it was lovely to see and I was delighted for them and there was lots of different charity events on around town on Saturday the, the Christmas jingle was on down at uh, the Oliver Plunkett and I know that uh, we bumped into him Friday night when we were out for our Christmas party bumped into the great George from the Roaring Forties and when his, uh, his his wife and their their dog inside in the roundy house we were chatting to, to George and they were doing a charity event on on uh, Saturday afternoon Christmas songs galore nice to see 0818 96 96 96 now we know that Christmas can be a lonely time for some people and among the people who will put in a shift 
on Christmas Day to make sure it's less lonely for some people are the people at Friendly Call. And uh, Brenda Barry joins me. Brenda, tell me about a little bit more about the history of Friendly Call. I know we've talked before, you and me. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. Good morning, PJ. Thanks for having me on. Um, I suppose we're yeah, it's coming around again, Christmas, and it's a very lonely time for people. So I suppose what Friendly Call do is is we have have a list of clients that are referred to us by, you know, um, discharge coordinators in hospitals, public health nurses, and um, or other organisations that work with older people or people who are vulnerable and isolated. And what we do is we ring them every day, five days a week, just to check in, mm. see how they're getting on any issues, any any problems. And for a lot of people, look, it might be the only phone call they get that day mm. or any day, you know. And it's just a check-in and it's really nice. And we've a great our team of volunteers and people on Toos and CE helping us out um, and doing the calls. And we'll be ringing people on Christmas Day, people who are on their own who, you know, mightn't have anywhere to go, mightn't be invited anywhere or mightn't want to go anywhere either. But... Mm. You know, it's it's it can be a very lonesome time for people, you know, um, and, you know, it can bring a kind of a heightened sense of, of loneliness. So it's nice that if people could just check in on their neighbours, um, people that they know might be isolated, maybe drop them in a bit of dinner or... Mm you know, something to eat, or even just drop a card in the in the, in the the letterbox if you feel that they mightn't like the invasion, you know. Yeah. Um, Those of us who are surrounded by family and loved ones at Christmas yeah, time, we, you know, it's human to forget, but we should try not to. And even sometimes you feel it mightn't be appropriate, but you know what, we send all our clients a Christmas card, and to be honest, they're so delighted, and for a lot of them, again, it's the only card they're going to get, and look, sure we know you know, people don't post as many Christmas cards as, as in the past. But look, it's a lovely thing to do. And even if it was just that simple, somebody's thinking of me, somebody's, you know, somebody sent me a card, somebody rang, somebody knocked on my door, you know. Um, it's just, it can be it can be very difficult. It can be very tough, you know, uh, for families, uh, for, or especially for people who, who are on their own. And, um, you know, they just need that, that extra bit. So look, we'll be doing the calls, our volunteers, uh, we'll be on the phone all over Christmas just checking in and make, mm. making sure is, people is are okay. Is it possible to know how many calls you'll make, say, on Christmas Day itself? Um, like, I suppose at the moment we have about 370 clients that we ring every day. Now, some of them, thank God, will be going to family and, and, and friends. So, look, it could be 100, it could be 150 that will link in and, and with on Christmas Day. Dozens, to, then. To check in. Dozens. Yeah, absolutely, wow. absolutely. Wow. And look, and it's, some, it's, it's it, a really it, simple thing. People yeah. people love the call. They love the the regularity of it. You know, the fact that somebody's checking them. They might have the same person ringing them every day, so they've kind of built up a bit of friendship and trust. Yeah. And, you know, if they have any concerns, like if there's issues with housing maintenance or if there's issues with, you know, they might need a public health nurse or... You know, can you, even can if you they're do worried that for about them, you can, Brenda, like if, if someone well, says... Well, it's, 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 you know, when someone reaches 70, they automatically think the public health nurse is going to come rocking up, but they won't, you know, they need to be referred. And a lot of it is about, you know, talking to your GP and letting, but let people know the pathway of, of how do I get my public health nurse in touch or, you know, how do I get meals and wheels? How do I get, you know, other services that I might need? You know what I mean? And it's all about that, even for... Um, you know, renewing people's health uh, medical cards, you mm. know, that that's kind of sends a lot of forms and stress for people. So we kind of help people out with that too, where we can, you know. Excellent. Um, 
So look, just just I suppose that the whole of Cork City Partnership really is about um, social inclusion, and we you know we really do think Friendly Corps is a great program, and it's great just I suppose to to target the people who mightn't be going to day centres, they mightn't be going you know they mightn't be in touch with any groups mm. or you know mm. so a lot of our referrals as I said would come from hospitals you know when people right. have been discharged out or from social workers, mental health social workers as well so. Uh, just to be aware, I suppose, when we'd like to ask everybody over Christmas. And if anybody wants to find out more about Friendly Call, it's under Cork City Partnership, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and we have a phone number there, it's uh, 021-430-310. Okay. And just an email, it's, it's info at partnershipcork.ie. Okay. Brenda, have a good Christmas, you and your team, and thank you for thank all, you, all you do for the lonely. Uh, 21 430 2310 or 430-2310. Right. 021-430-2310 that is the friendly call number somebody else who knows all about friendly calls and he makes many of them both on the phone and in person himself is the great Paddy O'Brien who joins me briefly Paddy good morning good morning PJ delighted to talk to you my friend and a happy Christmas to you um, it's a lonely time for some people it is an exceptionally lonely time and before I can make any comment I'd like to con congratulate Brenda Barry and her, and her volunteers for the tremendous and Trojan work they do, not just at Christmas time, throughout the year. They're a wonderful organisation. They bring great joy and happiness to people. Right. Uh, I would, in relation to Christmas, and DLA would always say that Christmas is a joyous, it's joyous and happiness for elderly people, but regrettably, there are elderly people there who wish it was all over, and they're the ones who are uh, sad, lonely, and depressed, and you see a few tears when they speak about Christmas. It's regrettable to speak to people and they tell you they wish it was all over. They feel they were abandoned. Um, uh, they're not people called, but I always will make a very special appeal to neighbours where there's an elderly person living in your community to knock on the door and to make sure, particularly at this time of year, have they got adequate food and heating. Mm. Now, I know I meet people that say, no, no, uh, I, I don't know the lady up the road. <clears throat> I'd be, no, no, don't be embarrassed. Why? Because the knock on the door could save a life. At this time of year, we've had exceptionally cold weather. People are going through a rough time. A lot of people could be running over their prescriptions. Um, just knock on the door, and that knock could save a life. But it would also give a message to that elderly person who lives alone, saying, well, look, somebody cares about me, and somebody loves me. And I would make a very special appeal as well. Uh, religion, and rightly so, is very important to elderly people. Yes. And I, would, I would say to people in the communities where you know there's an elderly person living alone who's housebound, the greatest gift you can give them at Christmas is to knock on the door in the next few days and say, look, Mary or John, I'll pick you up Christmas morning and I'll bring you a mass. And they will remember that forever and ever. Because mm-hmm. when I visit people, whether it's in nursing homes or in, um, in their own homes, they all feel sad. Why? For some reason that they missed, they, they had missed mass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's big for them. It's big for them. It's a big thing for them. Yeah. Paddy, there are people, and we talk about this frequently, you and I. There are people who are for who have family, yes, who won't that, see any family, or, or, or no, that's regrettable. Families can is, rift, family, Paddy. Yeah, families this is can something break. that's going on for years and years. And I always highlight the story many, many, many years ago. And I, the last time you and I were together, I think I related this story to you. I went to CUH many years ago. This lady, four sons and seven daughters, one daughter would visit her only. 
and she said to me, as I lie in this hospital bed, I think of my funeral and I can see my daughters and sons with their crocodile tears and their big bouquets of flowers and all I wanted was one visit. And a lot of sons and daughters, they got unwell in the world, they don't, want, they don't want to go back to their own community and the people feel just forgotten about and disbanded. And I would say, I have no medical background whatsoever, from what I can hear down through the years, that a lot of elderly people would die of a broken heart. And this has been inflicted upon them by their very own. Not by the, the HSC, not by the government, by themselves alone. People are selfish. They want to live their own lives and put their... And this is... I'm not speaking about isolated cases. Yeah. I mean, I, I, feel I have the same experience when I go to nursing homes and I speak to people. They um, just, um, fill all the correspondence, fill all the documentation, the people in, a big fuss and slow and that, and, and end of story. Yeah. And, and, and people listening now this morning, I would, I would say, and I've said this on many occasions to sons and daughters, Remember, even as a rift between you, remember that your um, your parents gave you the the best gift you ever got. They gave you life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because families can split for many reasons and people fall out and the smallest thing can lead to a very big falling out. Sorry, I lost you for a moment there. Right, People fall out over the smallest thing, and it just it just festers. But that's it. That's it. What was a simple thing tomorrow, and as the days go by, it gets serious. But I mean, just to extend what I was saying, elaborate on that, I said that because your mother brought you into the world, and she gave you, she gave you the best and the greatest gift any mother could give. She gave you life, mm-hmm. life. And that's and, and and just remember that, please. Neighbours have very important role to do, to knocking at the door, and that knock could say, "We don't have any fatalities." Regrettably, in Cork, two or three years ago, we had two people passed away about three months between each other, practically in the same area. Yeah. And we don't need repetitions of that, and all this can be avoided. Okay. And, and I, I would say to people who would have no experience working with the elderly, I said, like, just have a chat with them. Just a knock on the door and say, you're okay, I'm going to the shop, you're okay for milk, butter or bread, right? Just to speak to them. I spoke to a lady a few weeks ago, she was dreading Christmas, and last year, on Christmas Eve, a friend, a person called to see her. The next person she spoke to was on the 8th of January. And she hadn't spoken to one word. And another thing I would say, PJ, as I was a program, what is happening at the moment, the greatest problem affecting elderly people currently is not financial problems. No, it's a loneliness, especially those who are living alone. Mm. And what, what's happening is this, is that many people have not recovered 100%. They have not recovered fully from the effects of the COVID. Yes. And some of the people I'm referring to, PJ, were never diagnosed with COVID, but they were confined to their homes for nearly two years. They had yes, to wear yeah. the mask. Their sons couldn't visit them. Their daughters, they couldn't go out. They couldn't go to mass. And in fact, this has all affected them. Mm-hmm. This has all affected them. And some recently there, Dr. John Sheehan of Blackpool um, wrote a, uh, a very good, interesting, along the same lines. And mm-hmm. he was coming across it every day. People who are down. So I think the only people we want to give them a, a boost. Yes. 
a bit of a boost and do everything we can to one expression I would say to bring a bit of sunshine into their lives. Okay. Finally, Paddy, if we could touch on it briefly um, with regard to the weather. Now, it, thankfully, the, well, thankfully for some people, the, the cold has come to an end and we're back to re- reasonably mild weather. But it could get cold again at any time. Um, heat is more important than food. You're speaking directly to the people here. Keep yourself warm. I am saying keep yourself warm and don't be a bit embarrassed to wear a hat, a cap or a scarf around the house because when the heat goes to your body, it comes up and it's out of your hair, head it goes. We have extra clothing around the house. Don't stay sitting down for an hour or two watching television. Get up every so often, get up every half an hour and walk around the room or up and down the stairs to generate heat in your body. That's very essential. And that night going to bed, if you don't have extra blankets, to a few overcoats over you and wear a hat or a cap. I know it would be difficult to go to sleep with a hat on, but a cap on the women, a scarf, and, and keep warm. Now, we would say that's very important. Uh, hot drinks to the elderly, very, very important. And I would say to the elderly now, speaking directly to the large numbers of elderly people in Cork City and County and to the people who want to help them, do not give the elderly alcohol at Christmas. Because I read in a survey recently that approximately 85% of elderly people are on medication. And if you start giving them alcohol at this time and they take medication, it causes one thing, principally, it's confusion. And that's where the problem So I said plenty of hot drinks, uh, coffee, tea, cocoa, bovril, continuously. And keep yourself warm, please, God, and we'll get through it all right. All right. Paddy, as always, thank you for your contributions uh, throughout the year and have a great Christmas yourself, my friend. Uh, Thank you very much, PJ, and all the staff. You're very kind to me down through the years. Email yourself. God bless and thanks. Take care. It's great. Paddy O'Brien. 0818 96 96 96. Can we mention the staff at AIB 66 South Mall holding a coffee morning and charity uh, a charity event today from 10 till 5 all in aid of Focus Ireland. Happy to mention that. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Christmas! Christmas with your local maze. Making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. Santa baby. For non-stop Christmas hits. Non-stop Christmas hits. My Christmas present for you. Listen to Cork's 96 Miss. Streaming online now. With Blackpool gift cards. They're the best with so much choice for all the family. Pure shopping. Pure Christmas. Pure Blackpool. Download our app or see 96fm.ie. Cork's 96fm. Dylan Brickley was back on to me to say that that big Bosque event on Saturday outside of Brown Thomas for Penny Dinners raised €5,715. Well done, well done, well done to everyone who took part in that. A great atmosphere was created. Now, talk about atmosphere. I was doing my Christmas tree yesterday and at the World Cup final on and I was kind of thinking, like I'm sure most of us were, that it was over at halftime because Argentina were coasting and France were competitors. Or rather, spectators, rather than competitors, at halftime. It was just mad. And then, (laughs) we all know what happened. And it turned out to be just nail-biting stuff right into the penalty shootout. But a happy, happy day for Argentina. Mavs! Hi! How are you? Hola! Hola! Como estas? Bueno, I am <laughs> doing grand. Have you come back down to earth yet, or will you ever? 
Oh, not really. I slept like five hours at night. I, I wasn't going crazy, but I was like talking to my family and talking to a lot of people and getting so many supportive messages from so many people all over the world. And it's been such a buzz. So I'm kind of buzzing yeah. uh, still. Yeah. Uh, yeah, still still can't believe it. You're, you're here in Cork. You're in, in Ahada, in East Cork. You're, where, That's where, correct. And how long have you been here, Mavs? Uh, I've been 20, over 24 years now in, in Cork, yeah, and in, and in the area, about 18 years I've been here in Ahada, in my house, so yeah, love it. Exciting, <laughs> exciting day yesterday. I mean, did, did you think it was all over a half time? Did you think you were going to have it really easy? Uh, no, I actually didn't. To be honest with you, my, my feelings on the match were for the first half an hour, I was saying to my friend here and to my wife, I, I'm not feeling this. Why am I not feeling excited? Why am I not feeling this match at all? I mean, we were playing amazingly, but I just felt that France was not showing who they really are. And I was kind of worried, thinking, why are they asleep? Are they poorly? Have, have they been sick? I heard all about this camel flu that was going on in their camp. And I thought, maybe they have no energy. And then I was like, mm, two goals. And then I thought, we, you know, this happened before during this tournament where we've been scoring, we've been, on the, we've been leading with two goals, and then boom, within two minutes, like in a basketball match, boom, they come in and they score. So I didn't take it for granted. I was actually very nervous all the time. I had to take my blood pressure with my monitor. It was over 30. Usually I have really good blood pressure. I'm, I'm, I'm 120 over 80. This was nuts. <laughs> You're a fitness nuts. coach. Of course you have good blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, so I check it every Sunday, but this was the wrong Sunday to check it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I got to say, when it came to the penalties, I thought I was sitting down going, no matter who wins here, it's, it's, it's a great outcome. But then I was a neutral. Oh, God, it was just, it, it was just. And, you know, I walked away for the third goal. I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the loo. I'm going to disappear for a while. <laughs> and I'm peering down the stairs. They were just screaming, goal, no goal. Yeah, no goal, no goal. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to walk away. And then when the extra time came in, that was the most, oh, I was really agitated by then. You know, I was yeah. like, come on, we, we do want this so badly. Let's not go to penalties. And then, <laughs> I know. And, that and then, you know, look, great results in the end. But um, it was a... and it, that was some final. Eh? And, and for Mr. Messi. Oh, I mean... Mr. Messi. He, you know, he got, he got beaten so many times in other World Cups being told that, you know, you have a cold chest, you don't really, you don't really, you know, man up, you know, do this for the country. Yeah. He was so, so, um, you know, criticized for not being strong enough. And I think he deserves it. He deserves to show that he's got what it takes, that he's a fantastic captain. And he made the Argentinian people so happy. You know, we're always, we're always taking on the streets of Buenos Aires to protest, to give out to complain and for once this avenue is being used to celebrate and this is what I love to see the people of Argentina united instead of giving out all the time we have a reputation for being a little bit too on the protesting on the, on the, on the protesting protesting side and yeah. ones that were really bossing so I, I enjoy seeing that well, for, for a guy like him who has won everything that his chosen sport offers except that oh, title God. To watch him lift it. I, I absolutely, and you know, I think it's good karma because he's such a he's such a good guy. You know, he has really good intentions. He's very sweet. He's honest. He's humble, which is a very hard thing to ask to an Argentinian to be humble. We have a reputation for being way out there, you know. And he's such a gentle person. And I think I really wanted him to walk away with this. He's a sweetie, and we'll always 
remember him, whether he stops playing football or not. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, we, are, we, are, we are buzzing. We are okay. just so happy. Stay there. Let's bring in one of your compatriots who was watching the game in Dublin. Juan! Juan! Yes, yes, yes. Hey, buenos dias. Where did, you, <laughs> where did you watch the game? In Dublin, around Temple Bar, you know, the area. Yeah, and, uh, do very every, well. Every club was packed, so it was a really good atmosphere. Yeah. Then everybody was uh, celebrating at the spire, so yeah, it was yeah. a great final. Well, did you have your Did you have your head in your hands? Uh, yeah, oh my God, it was terrible. You know, I was watching with some mates, and I wanted to leave the match. I was like, yeah, I'm not watching the penalties, you know, it's too much for me. Was like, <laughs> the hell are you leaving? You're staying here, you're watching with, with us. So, yeah, it was really good. Because a lot of really matches really that go to penalties, it could be anybody. It's a pure lottery, yeah. but... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pure lottery. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was the guy, the, the goalkeeper. I love him. He was brilliant. Uh, he was brilliant. He was the hero of the match. Uh, I know everybody's took their own mess and everything, but this guy is always... Uh, he helped the team, you know, get uh, where we are right now. So, yeah. yeah. You, you, live in, you live in Cork, Ryan, but you were in Dublin for days. How long have you been here, mate? Uh, well, eight months already. Right. I'm between Cork and Dublin, coming and going. I, well, my first experience was in Cork. You know, uh, when I reached the country, I was working for a, a company, you might know it, uh, Body Has Adventure Group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was working there for, uh, I've been there many months. Uh, beautiful experience. I really like Cork, West Cork, you know, all around the area. Fabulous. Beautiful for action sports and nature, so yes. So we've someone living in West Cork and someone living in East Cork. We've really balanced up Cork. We, we, we have quite a big population of Argentinians in Cork, I think. Do we? I don't think so. Um, I don't know. I'm a little bit out of touch, to be honest. When I came in in 98, I was one of the few. I think I only knew one girl, and that was it, you know. And yeah. now, now, after seeing the videos uh, from yesterday's celebrations in, in, in Cork City, I'm like, whoa, I didn't realize that we had such a, a, you know, an amount of Argentinians. I know Dublin is a bit of a, a bigger hub for, obviously, because it's the capital, but I didn't realize that Cork would have so many people. Yeah, there were great so pictures, fabulous pictures. There was loads of, loads of people out celebrating and dancing in the streets yesterday and videos got up on TikTok and all those places. It was a really happy place to be out. And I think there's a, there's a great relationship between between the Irish and the Argentinians. Big time, big time. That's, that's always been, you know, like, don't forget a lot of our national heroes that liberated us back in the 1800s. They were Irish, you know, like Mr. Uh, Guillermo Brown and O'Higgins, you know, Bernard yes. O'Higgins. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we, we have a strong connection with Ireland and that's never going to go away. And it was lovely for me to see the, all the love I received in the last couple of weeks from all the Irish people uh, supporting us and supporting Argentina, supporting Messi, being on our side. So a big thank you to everyone for Fa- that. Fantastic. There was loads of people dancing last night. Ken Perrot put a video up on the 96FM Facebook page of Argentinians dancing on Grand Parade. Juan, you'd have been there, you'd have been <laughs> yeah. there with them if you were at home, would you? <laughs> yeah. Actually, hey, look, I want to add that we have a new Irish hero. Uh, hero. It's uh, Alexis McAllister, you know. Yes, he tell me about him. Argentina. Tell me something yeah. about him. I said, that's an Irish. Uh, Who's he? Like, I, I was really surprised. I was with, uh, like, you know, RT, when I was watching the matches, they, were, they had a documentary about him. He has relatives here in Ireland and, in, well, Irish relatives also in Argentina. Yeah. Uh, so it was incredible, you know. I feel, I saw these people at the public and said, oh, yes, we have a representative of Alexis. He's playing, <laughs> he's Irish, you know. <laughs> so it was really fun. 
Okay. Listen, I'm delighted for you both and delighted for all of your compatriots in Ireland. It was really, really exciting. It was nail-biting stuff at the end. Um, Argentina winning on, on penalties after a cracking match. Well, the first half was dreary, but the rest of it was just absolutely dramatic stuff. Thanks, Maths in East Cork and Juan in Dublin, but who lives in West Cork. Now, there's balance if ever you heard it on the opinion line. Thanks, guys. 0818 96 96 96. Let me just throw this one out there for what it's worth before I go to a tune. Uh, talking about doctors um, and nurses maybe leaving the country. <clears throat> it costs €450,000 to train a doctor in the Republic of Ireland. If they had any interest in the country, they'd stick around at least for 10 years to repay that money that was spent on their training. If they won't do it voluntarily, maybe it's time to look at making it mandatory. That, that might create more resentment now than it dealt with. So you train as a doctor, or you train as a dentist, or you train as a nurse, or you train as that and that. Now, that's it. Now, you need to stay here for the next five to ten years to pay back the training. Time of year where we kind of, sometimes at least, we reflect on the people who are no longer with us, um, be they personal to us or just people we knew back in the day. And here at 96FM during the year, we heard of the passing of an old friend. Now, None of us had seen him in quite some time, quite a number of years, but we all remembered him fondly as being a guy who was just wonderful company and wonderful fun and completely off his chuck. One love to all the groovy people down there in Bandon, Bandon City. Yo, 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 Bandon, all the pretty people around Bandon, all right? Yeah, hey, Betty Boo, yo, 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 yo to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know who. <laughs> yeah, all the pharmacies around. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a little boy, I wanted to be a dispenser. I wanted to make medicine, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I really did, I really did. Oh, there's a whole lot of... Uh, like, uh, is there a fire in the city, band? There's some fire engine lights flashing down on Patrick Street, heading up Patrick Street there. So if, what's happening downtown? <laughs> Woo! Let me go take what's happening here to the window. Yo, I'll be right back, baby. Welcome to the club. This nutcase used to take over the studio here on a Saturday night with his so-called jamming oldies. What, what we, he was a musician. He was in, played in bands. He made records. He had his own studios. We didn't know he had a Christmas song, though. Yeah, he had it, even had a Christmas song, and that got played recently over on radio station in London. Gene Russell, good morning. Hello. Hey, uh, Gene. Uh, uh, how's it going? How I'm all right, I'm all right. You, kn- you knew Zeke. You knew Zeke. I was good friends with Zeke, yeah. I met him a long time ago, early 80s, and uh, good friends. Stayed with me, played with me. We, we met him, we toured with him, we played him. Fantastic man. Yeah. Loved Jamaica. And he loved Ireland, and he always spoke about going home to Jamaica yeah. and said, die out there. He was born out there. That's right. And he went home in his later life, and he died out there, and he's buried out in that land next to his father on his own pla- on his own land. Yeah. You travelled out, village, you travelled out to visit him, didn't you? Well, I've been out there a few times with him. Yeah, I went out. We went to Tough Gong Studios, Bob Marley Studios, met Rita Marley, the Little Marleys. He recorded records. Mm. It was a fantastic experience. Yeah. And 
fantastic man. We went to his land up in the hills in the middle of nowhere. I went back on my 50th birthday and brought my family there to witness the real Jamaica and Zeke, what he spoke about. All the things he spoke about were true. Yeah. We were saying, come to Jamaica, live in my land. And he was such a joyous character. He was. Completely off his truck, yes. Yeah, utterly mad. Like in a, in, a, in a gorgeous way. I mean, I mean, my memories of him was that you know you'd you'd know he was in the building, and let's not just say how you'd know he was in the building, <laughs> right? But <laughs> shall we not? Shall we not say? But then he'd come up behind you, and it was like he was meeting you after, like he met you know, like a long lost friend. Every time he met you, long lost friend, and yeah. he'd, have, he'd have a story for everyone and a crazy story yeah. for everyone. But, you know, he was such he was a lovable character. Absolutely, and a very generous man, and a very loving man. Yeah. Um, you know, he he really was. Um, and like he's always loved to talk about being at home for Christmas, and he was been in Ireland, and he'd be cold and wet in the UK, and he, <laughs> he wrote a melancholy Christmas song. It's not really like he's always bulaga, bulaga, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but he wrote a Christmas song, but it's a little bit of happiness in there where he wanted to be at home with his folks, and that's where he ended up. And yeah. This time of year, I'd normally contact him and ring him, and we'd be speaking about Christmas, and he'd invite me over again, and I was mm. planning on going again only for COVID. And I will go, and I want to sit on his land, wear the grave, have a bottle of Guinness, and yeah. look out and play some music and just remember some fantastic memories that you'll never have again from such an amazing character. Yeah, he was he was all of that amazing character. And like you say, so proud of, of the homeland. But he, he, he had a huge fondness for Cork. Yes, yes. And Ireland was very similar. He used to always say, come to Jamaica because it's got the hills and the green and the land. And people just talk and they spend the time of day, you know. Mm. He was living in London and England and travelled all over. I mean, he was number one entertainer in Jamaica and he travelled the world with the Aqua Vida band. And That's right. the Aqua Vida. They had a record out. They had a few records out as well. I used to. I, he he did a version of the the famous banana boat song, and, and oh, yeah, yeah. Re- released and all it. Old stuff That's it. Yeah, yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah. He was a great. I remember him playing around, and he'd he'd try a steel drum as well if he if he was mad enough on oh, on, on the night. <laughs> <laughs> he he was. And, yeah. An entertainer at top level. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And beautiful person. And he used to stay when he came, like just back in the eighties he came and I was friends with him, I met him and we played music and I brought him over my parents' house. He was staying in my parents' house in the lock in the eighties. There was very few uh, black people around at the time, only a couple mm. of basketball players and few people passing through. And like they loved him and he used to bring such joy to any room he was in. Even my parents used to have a great time, he said to me. I travelled with him, I stayed with his parents in Jamaica. Oh, I can't, I can't express the, what mm. he's given to me for my life. He was and still involved in Irish radio, even from, he had a decent little, his studio in Jamaica was quite a decent little setup, wasn't it? Yeah, he was doing online stuff and all that around around Europe, like as well, because he went on to BBC and he actually became BBC One. He That's was right. placed That's a number right. one BBC DJ, like yeah. it was like, he worked, with, he worked with a colleague of mine here. He worked with Simon Murdoch in another radio station, oh. and, and they used to and send him over really the playlist. Yeah, and he loved and it. On, <laughs> he, used to, he used to play his music and he used to be hitting away, and they used to love him over there, you know? Yeah, he was wonderful. But, uh, yeah, he was loved, well loved. And I miss him, and it was just in January, like, uh, I, 
last year he passed and he was a, he was a diabetic. Yes. And he just went into a coma and he passed away in his sleep. He was buried on his own land afterwards. I didn't make it over because the arrangements were funny. Yeah. But I was speaking to his wife and family and friends and I will go over and sit by the grave for one day. He had a wife and family. None of us knew that, Gene. He had a wife and family. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was married to an English lady, Linda. And they were living in Leighton Buzzard. And uh, he has two lovely kids, Dawn and Devon. Devin is big into music. He plays stuff, records stuff, all this drum and bass stuff. Brilliant. And Dawn is high in the, the, the hotel industry as well. Beautiful kids, beautiful wife. Very, Fantastic. very... Well, you know, well, when you're talking to them over, over Christmas, will you wish them our absolute best and just to oh, say that absolutely. we loved him with all our hearts. He was just... And if I rang his ego no, and tell him, we're going, the lads are going to play your Christmas song on 96. He'd be dancing and jumping. <laughs> I'll have another, I have another memory. I have another memory before I let you go. Because he, and please do convey to his family uh, yes. our love. Because we did. We loved him. All of Cork, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. All right, Gene. And the last time I visited him with the family, there he was to greet me in his Cork City jersey. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> we adopted him. Gene Russell, and I'm, I'm sorry for the loss of your friend as well, because clearly he was very close to you. Oh, yeah. And it's just I came across that song randomly in the last week and it brought tears to my eyes. I'm sure. It to the family and they all stopped in the kitchen and just I'm sure. reminisced. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll reminisce one for one more 45 seconds of a great character that we loved here in Cork and we lost him during the year. The man is Zeke. Yeah, and all these. On 96... Okay, a special hi to Michael, all right? Michael and Noreen and Eleanor and Louise and Valerie and Samantha. Samantha! you And Norma and John. Big bad John. <laughs> How y'all doing? Special yo. Special yo to Sean and Con and everybody up on the hill, all right? Yes, indeed. Mm. And everybody down there at uh, Cross Barry. Everybody at Cross Barry Garage. Okay? Yo! <laughs> My man, party! Yo! All right? Everything cool? Yeah, man. Special yo, 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 yo! <laughs> No, you touch that dial. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Completely out of his box, and we loved him for it. The man is eek. Listen, speaking of foreign places like Jamaica or anywhere, if you're living abroad and not coming home this Christmas, can't get home or work won't allow you to get home, will you have the turkey somewhere foreign? Will you celebrate? How will you celebrate? Is there someone sending you fluffy pyjamas from pennies? And are you going to wear them out far on somewhere? Anything interesting? Pop us a quick email to opinion at 96fm.ie with some contact details. And we'll try and get you on air between now and Friday to catch up with people who won't be home and send back your Christmas messages. All right. So opinion at 96fm.ie. This particular people listening to our podcast or listen to our overnight repeat. Uh, opinion at 96fm.ie. I.E. That's it. The programme today, edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. We'll see you tomorrow, just after nine. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Happy holidays. With your local mace, savings with a smile, all through the Christmas season. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.